This is Diaries of a Sensitive Soul. My name is Rachel Kelly. Welcome to my podcast. As a highly sensitive person, knowing there's so many others out there just like me, I wanted to create this podcast as a safe place to express myself and connect with others as I explore and share topics that many of us stay silent around. As a trauma-informed coach and narcissistic abuse specialist, you can expect both personal stories and educational insights along the way. My hope is that by hearing the raw and vulnerable parts of my life, you can remind yourself that you're never alone in yours. Hello and welcome back to Diaries of a Sensitive Soul. And this episode is around self-trust and really how we can learn to embody more self-trust how we can navigate life with more self-trust. And it's a really important thing to have because ultimately we are the ones that get to decide the direction of our life. But when we're looking at our life with the understanding, the idea, whether your beliefs are are here or not, that we really do get to co-create our reality with the universe with a greater power than us. And what we need to understand is that when we're in this process of co-creating, we really need to find our own inner trust to be able to respond to our inner guidance systems, our emotions, and to really build that muscle that we're able to really follow our true path, to be able to follow the heart. And in this episode specifically, I just wanted to help you if you're listening to this, to understand a bit more about what self-trust is and how that may present for you if you're lacking self-trust. And then I'll share with you some tips that I have used specifically to move through self-doubt and to become more in tune with my inner process, to be able to trust what I say, what I do, rather than going out to other people and asking for everybody's opinions asking for reassurance, asking people to validate me because I, I truly didn't have that grounded sense of trust for a long time. So because it's been a core cool part of my journey, I felt called to share some themes that have come up um, for myself and for my clients that I work with to help deepen that trust. So just to begin with, really what would be a good place to start I feel is to share what I feel self-trust is and I remember writing some time ago about how I found this connection between our self-confidence and our self-trust and I remember sharing about it through an Instagram post and it really was just this really deep understanding that as I began to trust myself I started to begin to trust life and I started to feel more confident in who I was, in my ability to show up in this in the world and to trust my ability to handle challenges, to flow a bit more with life and to be able to trust my decisions. And the more that I could trust my decisions rather than outsourcing my power, thinking that everybody else knew best, I was able to really get to the root of like, to understand like who I was as a person. I started to uncover parts of my personality that 
I was pushing away, you know, that, that whole idea of like keeping ourselves small. And for me, it was like very much helping to break down or the journey that I'm on is breaking down that good girl persona that um, we've believed that as women, we have to stay small and kind of uh, cooperate and mold into this idea of what society wants us to. But when we're looking at self-trust on a whole, it's really just being able to, to understand that we get to follow our path and we get to own who we are. We get to listen to our guidance our inwards, our desires and our truths and understand that we get to own that fully. And when we start to do that, we can face adversities. We, we build more resilience. We begin to understand that life is about a set of, you know, it, it's about flowing. It's about ups and downs. And it's about understanding all of these new opportunities, seeing those opportunities, new things that are aligned that can prevent present themselves when we can really learn to trust that whatever we're being guided towards is going to be signaled to us what the right choice is through our throughout our somatic processes and I share on this in an episode that I recorded around um, how how like a single decision can change the direction of our life and this is still this is similar similarly connected to a somatic practice that um, I shared at the end of that episode really building that that foundation of trust within our our body and our responses, our, our signs that our body gives us. So that is really how I see self-trust. And when we are existing with a lack of this trust in our lives, we can really recognize this in the way that we feel. We've, we may feel really constricted within our choices in life. And it may show up with a huge amount of self-doubt, a feeling that you're not good enough or capable enough, that maybe the work that you're doing or the things that you're sharing or the people that you're choosing to be in connection with or relationship with, that, yeah, that maybe that you don't feel that you have this inherent sense of worthiness to pursue the things you, you really deep down are worthy of. And this may look like second guessing your decisions, your path. It may look like questioning everything. And I know decisions can be really hard for a lot of people. I very much attributed my struggle with decision-making to being a part of my trait as a highly sensitive person. And over the years, as I've worked on this part myself, that I realized was connected to a lack of self-trust in not being able to fully understand what felt right in my body for me. But decisions when you're lacking self-trust is really difficult. Being able to understand and advocate for your needs, understanding what your needs are, understanding your boundaries. Also seeing that procrastination or a form of avoidance may be really common in your life if you lack self-trust. Because they're easy escape routes because actually if you don't trust yourself it's a really scary thing to be able to pursue the things that you want to pursue um because there's a huge fear of failure or a fear of judgment but when you're rooted in self-trust it's like it doesn't matter what happens around you it doesn't matter what other people think of you because when you're fully trusting and you're owning the decisions within yourself that you know feel inherently right or wrong it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks and that fear of failure when you're rooted in self-trust 
the idea of failure almost becomes non-existent because you start to trust that failure mistakes are all part of your journey and actually they're required for you to learn and for you to grow and so it's this kind of dance this understanding where you lack that self-trust and the people that are experiencing this, the need to seek the validation elsewhere excessively from outside of us by maybe asking other people, like, what do you think about this? Like, before you can even go and to, to do something very minor, it's like, what do you think about this? And like, putting so much weight in other people's responses that you can only like, maybe you hold back in certain things, like not fully going to, you know, not, not doing what you really want to do, because you think that somebody else knows better than you. And again, as I said, it can come down to the most mi minor decisions. I know that when I'm dysregulated in my nervous system, that actually my ability to trust myself is less. I notice that within myself. There's like an, an immediate thing of I can't feel in my body what this feels like as a yes or a no because I'm dysregulated. So actually for me, that becomes a cue where if I notice that I'm, asking other people for, for their opinions, or I'm kind of approaching things with an anxiety that I don't know what's best for me. That's a cue to me that I'm dysregulated in my nervous system. Somehow I've shifted, not randomly, but because of something that's happened, I've shifted from a range of different things. I've shifted into, into, into a state of dysregulation. So I see this a lot with my clients and I see this really presenting itself in quite a few common themes with my clients and the reason that I feel that this is so common is there's many things at play here and I think it comes down to both societal and personal reasons why we go through this this place of distrust in ourselves I want to just touch on these personal factors that can really lead to us lacking this self-trust so I know for me personally, having traits associated with being a HSP really led to me to doubt myself. It was the societal stories that being more introverted, being more, I don't even know if I would actually consider myself being so introverted these days because the more I've learned to embrace and own my sensitivity, I've actually realized that um, my levels of introversion and extroversion has changed um, and it all depends on kind of my energy and the people that I'm surrounding myself with and how overstimulated or how much I'm listening to my body can lead to these different traits um, but I definitely know that if you associate or you have similar traits of feeling that you're maybe um, yeah deeply um, sensitive or become overstimulated there may be factors where we listen to society telling us that we need to be more confident, more loud, more bold, more of this and less of who we are um, that can really lead to us doubting ourselves and feeling that we can't exist as we are. For some people, for some clients, it's more about the past experiences they've had or the past conditioning. So with the conditioning, it's like the unspoken or the spoken um, societal things or it's what our parents or people around us have kind of um, created us to believe through their kind of messaging that we then internalize to be about ourselves, you know, taking things on really personally. But there may have been a time where a particular mistake 
or a criticism led to really doubting your trust and your abilities. And this, this can also become a self-fulfilling prophecy because we begin to doubt ourselves and we begin to show up less, um, less of ourselves. And it creates this whole protection and safety that we think we're doing a good thing to keep ourselves safe and avoiding judgment, avoiding criticism on the outside. But what we're actually doing is sending the message to ourselves that we, we're not safe to show up exactly as we are. And this creates a huge amount of distrust within ourselves. And yeah, as I mentioned, that can come from having a trait of high sensitivity. It may have come from a specific situation or a specific set of traits that you have about yourself that you've judged. And again, when something like this happens, it may be quite a significant event. It may be something that was traumatic. It can lead to distrusting how we cope in future situations. And we kind of fall back on these past experiences as evidence for our future which again is a, is a kind of limiting way of looking at the world and a faulty perception that that we have that we get to we get to challenge within ourselves so i guess just touching on the societal part the pressures the comparison that we have in this world the age of social media the the trap of comparison that we can all get into looking at these lives that are curated online that we really don't know the full extent behind, but we, we use that as messages to reflect upon where we're at in our life, which can really diminish our self-esteem, our sense of trusting ourselves. The world that we're living in right now values external validation over our deep inner knowing. We've been brought up in a society where we're like, we must do more look at like the beauty standards that you know we've been raised with especially as women when we're like we can't be this we can't be that you have to be more of this more of that and it becomes so confusing that we we're looking you know we're kind of brainwashed by society and the media to say that um, from such a young age that we need to live according to these standards and we need to if we want to feel confident we have to go and do more of these things we have to buy into this consumerism and buy into these beauty standards and maybe we have to go and get plastic surgery or we have to have the correct wardrobe or the, we have to look a certain way which is giving our power away to external factors and it's saying to ourselves that we have to be more or less of who we are and what it is sending then is the message that we have to constantly keep fixing ourselves that as we are existing in this world isn't okay. So we're in this place of like, we must change this. We must fix this. We must do this. We must look outside of us for other people to tell us what is right. Like all of these people, and this is the issue that I have now um, seen in, in, in parts of the industry of coaching and kind of the online space where we see people kind of promoting themselves as like the gurus, like, you must do this, which are cookie cutter approaches or this one way it must be. And this is so overwhelming for people. I know I was in this space before of like, where do I go? So many people saying they've got the answers. And then it just keeps you in this constant loop of like self-doubt of, hey, this person has the answer. No, this person has the answer. This person has the answer. All to find out. And many of you may be on this path already, or maybe you're just at the beginning, but all to find out that actually nobody knows better than you do. Nobody has much more power than you do over what happens in your life and that inner trust. But because the society that we've grown up in tells us that 
everything we see is like this is the way to do it you must go you must choose this path to do this nothing is given us that guidance that we have to come back to ourselves and our own inner emotional world to use our emotions as messengers to show us where we actually can get to if we just trusted what these impulses were these desires these messages that set a boundary to say this isn't right but we're not taught that we could listen to ourselves that our own inner guidance is actually the key and so I have such a huge problem around this because I've spoken to people recently who have really latched on to maybe different spiritual concepts. They've gone from one, one school of thought to another school of thought to another school of thought, just going from seeking to seeking to seeking. Or you may see it in a world where we're like, I need to buy this course, this course, this course, this course, this course. And it becomes a continual thing when we see it also in, in the whole healing space of I must fix this, I must fix this. And great, like to some degree, it's a whole paradox, you know, where, where it comes to this whole healing thing of we get to accept ourselves for who we are. And when we do begin to accept ourselves for who we are, we can then work on becoming these better versions of ourselves that align more to the person that we want to be because we love ourselves, because self-love is about loving ourselves and understanding that we get to be in acceptance of who we are whilst working towards the things that make us feel great and this way of being that makes us feel happy and great but not from a place of i don't trust who i am and this is where a society you know the problems come from society the media the advertising industry is being bombarded with messages images that perpetuate really unrealistic standards of success happiness beauty it's no wonder that we all are lacking this self-trust within ourselves and it's no wonder that we feel everyone else has the right answers to ourselves and you know we can look at people who maybe have more innate confidence and maybe that's because they've been brought up in, in a, a a really um, healthy way where They've, it's been ingrained to them from a young age that their voice and their truth matters. But I know for me, I actually grew up in a place where in a household where this wasn't the truth, that actually I was led to believe that everyone else knew better than me because of the the very authoritarian um, upbringing that I had that like, I must listen to my elders. For me to feel safe at home, for me to um, exist in kind of a happy household where there's no conflict. I have to quieten my voice and listen to the authoritarian uh, way of being that is that children don't know what they're talking about and adults, this hierarchy that you have to listen to your older siblings or your parents because your voice doesn't matter. And so, of course, many things feed into this and it really depends on on the factors that I've mentioned, the beliefs, the conditionings, but ultimately the overarching societal norms are creating this sense of fear. If we follow what we are truly uh, passionate about, if we follow our inner desires, if we follow the things that go against societal norms, then it leads to us making unconventional choices. And when we make uncon unconventional choices, we put ourselves at a risk of being judged and then we begin to feel that it's not safe to make these unconventional choices. And so we, we internalize that, that actually trusting our instincts is dangerous. Until we can really understand and see for ourselves that making these choices for ourselves can become the most beautiful gift that we get to give ourselves. So this path to becoming more trusting of ourselves, it is a journey. 
then it's complex to understand maybe why um, we do have this this doubt in ourselves. But that's the first step is to acknowledging that you get to reclaim that for yourself. You get to nurture your self-trust by practicing um, some of the tools that I'm going to share with you from here. So the first thing that I wanted to share around, you know, I guess the most crucial part of this episode is to really understand how we can begin to cultivate more self-trust and building it, as I said, is a muscle. And the very first thing that I want to share again with a lot of this work that we do on ourselves is coming from a place of real compassion and kindness for ourselves. It's understanding that in whichever decision and choice we make, giving ourselves compassion if we don't fully know how to trust ourselves. It's like we're operating from a level of conscious awareness that we're at right now. So if we're going to continue to grow, we know that there's always space for growth. And so wherever you're at right now, it's just being compassionate with that and knowing that in each moment you can choose to trust yourself and you can choose to honor that within yourself to the level that you know how. So how I really feel that we can begin to do this is just beginning off saying yes to ourselves, stopping asking other people for their opinions. So if we can start checking in with ourselves and begin to build that muscle of listening to ourselves, then it will become a real natural thing where we stop actually asking other people for their opinions. Because, you know, when we're on this journey, for us to stop asking other people for their opinions when you've been doing it your whole life, it's really scary. But actually what you can start to do when you start up, when you stop asking other people is you have to ask yourself. And that's where the building of the trust begins because you listen to yourself and you just take you make a decision based off what you feel. And you may not know at the start what a yes and a no feels like when it comes to trusting. You may not understand what different kinds of emotions feel like in your body, and that's okay. But it's a process of starting with saying yes to yourself and and, and actually telling yourself when you don't seek reassurance, like that's a win, celebrating that win and reminding yourself that that's the path that you're gonna take from now onwards. And it's going to feel scary and it's going to feel like maybe you don't know what you're doing um, and that's okay. And this is something that I help my clients build on. And it's a really powerful practice when we begin to do that, because over time you can start to notice that self-trust muscle improving. It's like you actually don't even think to go and ask like your mom or your sister or your best friend for an opinion on like, what do I text back this guy? Like, that's something that I used to do all the time. It's like, I don't know what to say. Um, Can you help me like write a message? And like, in the end, now I just say whatever I want to say. And I don't care about like how I'm received. I just send a text and you know, to anybody. And oh, it's so liberating. But that's something that I used to do. And something that I work very much on my is in with my clients is that communication piece, trusting what your voice sounds like, trusting yourself to be in your truth with your voice, to express yourself as you want to say it. And yeah, a client that I'm working with at the moment, when we kind of worked on these practices after the last, um, after even just a couple of weeks of putting this into practice every single day of saying yes to yourself, um, I had a client who was able to set a really firm boundary with her mum, who hadn't been able to do this before. And she was able to communicate something and hold that kind of 
discomfort in her body during that process because she was like, I trust myself to say this. I trust my own personal voice. I trust the message that's coming through or this anger that's coming through that's demonstrating to me that a boundary needs to be set. And I'm going to communicate that. I trust myself. I trust myself enough to communicate this. And she again did it with her partner, with her boyfriend. And she was able to really understand and see that from just by for stopping asking other people what something sounded like, it actually rippled out into this whole idea of being able to communicate a lot more healthy in a better way because her voice was her truth and it was an extension of that. So yeah, that was really, that's really beautiful and powerful work that we get to witness just how much kind of comes from being able to really trust yourself in so many different ways. So the next practice I wanted to share a real hot tip that is, has been so, so important for me has been keeping promises to myself, no matter how big or small, honoring those promises. And I think for this one, start small, you know, um, it has to start small for you to be able to really feel safe enough to, to do that. You don't want it to feel like a whole big task where it's like commit to this huge project and after two days, you're like, okay, this is too much and too overwhelming that I'm just not even going to do it. So what you want to make sure is they're small, they're manageable. How does that feel for you? Maybe for you, um, again, this is something I'm practicing with my Spanish. I shared on my Instagram the other day is that I'm just committing to two minutes a day, every single day to do my Spanish course. Usually it's more than that. Sometimes it's 20 minutes. Sometimes it's 10, sometimes it's 40. I think I've done it for an hour before where I'm just like so engrossed in it. Um, but what the trick of this is about is to make small promises to yourself so you can begin to trust that you have your back no matter what. Building consistency, building commitments, building promises with yourself is the most important relationship that you have. Uh, when we don't do this, we start to feel bad about ourselves, like we just let ourselves down all the time. But to build the habit, we start small. We start by making those small commitments. What's one thing that you want to do for yourself? And then commit to that over and over and over and over again. And when you consistently honor those commitments, that message that you're sending to your subconscious mind is so powerful. It's like, yes, I can trust you. You can trust yourself. You've got your back all of the time. And that just continues to reinforce that self-trust in even bigger decisions. So that's a really, really powerful one. Think about this for your life. How do you want to start in this practice? What's one thing you can do to yourself to commit over and over and over again? And yes, this may change. It doesn't mean that you have to go on and do this, this one thing forever for the rest of your life. But just maybe you set yourself a two month thing, a one month thing, a three week thing of I'm going to do this every day for X amount of time and see how that impacts your life and your trust within yourself. The next practice I wanted to share is journaling. Journaling for me has been a huge part of my process in finding deeper trust in myself and my own processes that I go through. So how I like to do this is I write down whenever I've made a decision, I write down a decision that I made. So I take my journal out and I'm like, I did this. I don't know, whatever it was. I made a choice. 
for example, to um, to move somewhere else, like to go to a different country, for example. I'm talking about a recent decision and a recent example that I've actually had. So um, this is a decision that I made to leave Guatemala and go to Mexico. And I write that down and I start by writing down like all of the reasons why it felt like a good decision for me. Yeah, and how I felt and why that felt somatically in my body as the right choice. So by me doing this, I'm not only processing this this experience somatically, I'm feeling it in my body because I've learned what a yes and a no feels like now from a lot of the work that I've been doing over these last couple of years. But then I write it out to join the dots even deeper and to bring it into my conscious awareness now so that I can reinforce that lesson. So I would say I made this decision. It felt really good. I've been noticing all these synchronicities and signs. I felt this and it feels great. And as a result, I decided to explore the options of how I can get to Mexico, find a place to live and blah, blah, blah. And over time, this becomes a habit where you start to even articulate, maybe through a narrative in your mind, once you've made a decision, you start to give like a a feedback loop to say, right, to your body, I made this decision because this is what I felt in my body at the time. And you're strengthening this muscle. So you're gaining clarity. You're gaining this insight from a somatic process, from a visceral feeling sense, and from by being able to write it down and understand your processes on that cognitive level. You'll be able to observe the patterns, join the dots, and then just gain more confidence and ability to keep making these choices over and over and over again. And that's been really powerful for me. It's something that I uh, experienced uh, as an insight when I was doing a lot of parts work to heal from, from chronic fatigue syndrome. Um, and some of the psychosomatic things that I was going through in my body and yeah some of the anxieties and resistances that I had to healing um, certain parts of me and I would go through and I realized that it strengthened my ability to reinforce this pattern over time when I could go through a decision-making process or a process with my part and then write down whatever happened afterwards so that's that's huge you know journaling is a big thing and it's a it's a tool that i offer my clients as a tool that i couldn't live without now um even you know even if you just start as a real reflective exercise and this is something i encourage all of the time just writing out what am i thinking what am i feeling and what decisions am i looking to make because our self-trust as i said at the beginning impacts our decisions our ability to make choices and this can impact in so many areas of our lives but when we start to take more responsibility for building this self-trust muscle it really really helps that we have a practice where we can continually reflect on situations where we trusted ourselves in the past and look at how it turned out look at situations where you maybe had a lot of self-doubt and then also go into this experience understanding where this self-doubt come from because Sometimes we're we're triggered into situations. I said just moments ago that I noticed in my nervous system, I lack self-trust when I'm dysregulated. So something has triggered that self-doubt within me. Something has triggered my nervous system to go into a different state of, um, of dysregulation. So the more self-awareness we can build around what brings self-doubt, what state are we in, and how can we cultivate more self-trust, This is just building those additional, those stepping stones, those blocks to be able to really solidly being able to understand what that feels like within ourselves. 
And as I've shared a few of these practices, I have definitely mentioned somatic practices and processes, which I did share in my episode uh, at the end of the episode around how a single decision can change the trajectories of our life. Um, I also shared a somatic practice around being able to feel our feelings and they all kind of connect in where um, it's really just bringing that immediate awareness into our body with almost like a body scan. Um, And this is something that you can do if you're feeling um, grounded and not activated in any way to begin starting this process where you're just scanning your body with no judgment to really start to understand in your awareness what your inner guidance is saying. Finding that inner wisdom, becoming more attuned to your own instincts, your own emotional world, your own yeah inner drivers and things like that. So yeah, this is really the core of the work that I love to get to the bottom of uh, with clients. And for myself, it's been so transformative in being able to really understand where my self-trust muscle has been strengthened and it's definitely from being able to really feel now what what yeah what I'm being guided towards so I hope this was helpful I know I've shared quite a lot in here but just to really summarize you know being able to fully embody that trust within ourselves getting we want to be able to rely on ourselves to know that we have the answers that our opinions matter that our truth matters that our voice matters and you know seeing that what's the payoff you know living this life where we're constantly asking other people outside of us is not going to lead to a life where we're living authentically it's going to lead to a life of even more self-doubt and self um distrust a lack of self-confidence anxiety missed opportunities we really want to be thriving in our lives. You know, we we owe that to ourselves to know that our path is unique and whichever path that you're on right now, knowing that you can always deepen that path to self-trust, knowing that you get to know what feels right for you. And then, you know, starting to feel good when other people look at your life or they look at you and they start to disagree with your opinions. Take that as a really positive thing that you're on the right path. Take it that, you you know you will get to that point where it starts to feel good i i this is a cue for me to say you have grown in your self trust because now when someone else disagrees with me and someone else has a different opinion or someone is like that's like the wrong thing to do you know people projecting their stuff onto me that feels good because i know how aligned that i feel right now and that it will just continue and continue and continue so i'm going to leave this episode on that note because that feels like a good place to end and yeah just know that if this is something you're struggling with start small come back to the small practices of saying yes to yourself and build up that capacity within your nervous system and you'll be rewarded you'll be so rewarded in so many ways i hope there were some helpful insights for you here today and i'll see you in the next episode Thank you so much for listening. If anything I shared in today's episode has touched your heart or you feel cool to share with me any parts of your own personal journey, I'd love to hear from you. You can find me over on Instagram at I am Rachel Kelly. I'm sending you so much love and I'll see you in the next episode.